um, you went silent, Russ. I don't know if that was just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I basically stopped talking. Okay. <laughs> In the middle of a sentence. It's unexpected for you, Russ. I've been doing that a lot recently. I've just been saying stuff and then stopping in the middle of a. Just, just get bored. <laughs> yeah, I do. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, it's good to get those out of your system before we start recording, though. So. Welcome. It's the Long Sapper Podcast. Um, hope you're doing well. I'm Adam. We have Rich, Pat, and Russ alongside me. Hello, everybody. Evening, Adam. But All most right. importantly, and it's a very obvious trend um, with our podcast of late, it's important to focus on the people that aren't here. <laughs> Who's not here? I can't think of anyone. Martin. He's not here. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, specifically... Messrs. Edmonds and Sailor. Well, you you wouldn't. Nick, he's never had a prick anyway. <laughs> I love. <laughs> Actually, sounded like you just turned your mic off. It's sensitive. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> Mid having a go at Craig sounding quiet all the time. Having a go at not being able to hear Craig. You actually couldn't hear me. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> basically what happened. It was amazing. Um, and Mark's driving home from Barnard Castle, getting one last trip in before lockdown, apparently. It's a bit early, isn't it? Driving home from Barnard. <laughs> yeah. It's a strong start. <laughs> where where have Mark? Mark is, Mark's been over this way. I don't know what he's been doing. Oh, he Something didn't. Something more important than this. Cambridgeshire somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, you know what happens if you make other plans than appearing on here. Um, I suspect we're not done there, but we will move into a little quiz. And it's a, it's a simple formula. Um, I'm going to go around. In fact, I'm not going to go around the three of you. I'm going to get you to nominate each other again. I think we did this the other day. Um, I've got a list of names and you're going to go through it. And when you get one right, nominate someone else. It's last man standing. Um, I'm going to start with the, the dick who can't sit still. is waving his mic around everywhere. <laughs> can't can't have any sort of consistent sound level. I'm going to start with you. What are you going to have to name? Craig's not here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you tried that, although you nailed it a bit better that time. Uh, you are going to have to name kickers so we're going to actually establish whether kickers do matter okay so what are we talking so, we're just talking about starting no we, well, we're talking specifically about kickers who have attempted a field goal this season so any any kicker in the end <laughs> okay attempted. so there's about six jaguars then <laughs> yeah that's thinking about it. it gives you a Unfair advantage, maybe, Pat, but yeah, we'll come to that. Yeah, I can remember one. <laughs> Russ, you're going to start and then nominate. Okay, well, let's start then with uh, the GOAT, Stephen uh, Goskowski. <laughs> okay, you can have him. All right. Who are you going to pick to name next? Uh, Rich. Okay. I will go with Robbie Gould. Okay. And Pat for his first Jags of many. Oh, no, I'm going to go Brandon Goochslayer McManus. Okay. Where are you throwing it to? Oh, I'll go to Rich. Uh, Ryan Sucker. Okay, yep. Uh, Russ. Uh, Greg the Leg Zerline from Figure Skating. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> off the figure skating. Uh, Pat. Gano. Pat Correct. Uh, Yu Hong Ku, is that his name? Ku? Perfectly pronounced. <laughs> is that, it's not, is, is that how it is? Really close, actually. Yong Wei Ku. Not the important bit, the bit written on the shirt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who is next? Did you oh, nominate Pat. someone? This nominating thing's just, I don't know why. Bullshit, I'm sticking yeah. with it. <laughs> Will Lutz, and we'll go to Rich. Oh, Lutz shit. Cuts. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> <sighs> Brain's gone. Amazing. <laughs> Oh, I don't pay attention to kickers because they don't matter. Uh, Ooh. Five, four, uh, no, three, everyone gone. Two, one. You're not going to come up with something in the last second, are you? You are out. You can't afraid. be bothered either. No. <laughs> I was trying really hard. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll, well, you'll take it in turns from now on, Russ. Um. Oh, my, my favourite, Radley Bullock. Of nice. Course. Yes. Great name. Uh, Daniel Carlson. Uh, yeah, well done. Uh, Kai Forba. Uh, is he in the league this year? Yes, he, he is. Yes. Yeah, he missed one last week, didn't he? Uh, Joey Sly with an E. Uh, with two E's. Yeah, Joey Sly has the most field goal attempts so Ooh. far. For him. What, what about Rich's, <laughs> Rich's favourite from the other week? Kairos Santos. <laughs> Kairos Santo, wasn't it? Kairos Santo, yeah. Put the S in the wrong place. Kairos yeah. Santo. Oh, no. it's, <laughs> his name has two S's. Anyway, uh, that's, <laughs> that's correct, Russ. Uh, Myers. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell. Annoyingly, I've ordered my list, not in alphabetical order but by the number of field goal attempts. Um, so this is quite irritating to find. Chris Boswell surprisingly <laughs> far down. Pat. Scobie. There we go. Uh, Scobie, Scobie, Scobie. I can't find Scobie. That's because Scobie's retired. I picked our wrong kicker, which <laughs> six is really impressive. That's incredible. I meant Josh Rambo. <laughs> God damn it. The best part of that is I didn't realise you got it wrong. I was trying so hard not to repeat Cam also, Newton like last week. He got it wrong. You were checking that he got it wrong. And I also then gave an answer expecting it to be right. <laughs> Russ, I'll play you some music in a minute. What was your answer there? Uh, Harrison Butker. Uh, yeah, that would have obviously been correct. Um, nobody I mean, said... Matt, Matt Prater. I was yeah. I was trying to think of Ricardo Blankenship. 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 Yeah, none of you said Justin Tucker. Yeah. Picking the obvious ones is boring at the start, isn't it? You want to go for unlikely ones. Well, they've retired. Yeah. Usual right. ones. Um, the Jags kickers. I don't think you said any of them. No, um, but I tried to. Um. So they would have been, you could have had Rosas, you could have had Lambeau, Brown, or Hauschka for the Jags. And a load of other names that don't matter. There you Nick go. Falk, you can go on there as well. Yeah, you can. Shall I read the rest of it? No. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. Um, knickers matter, or knickers natter, knickers tatter, whatever. Um, we've established that they don't. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, on to the Steve Rains anytime touchdown corner. Um, uh, let me check, actually, just to clear up a bit of admin. Last week's bet, I assume we won. <laughs> Uh, last, if, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not incorrect, last week's bet we did not get one touchdown scorer. What? Jar- Jarvis Landry oh. scored, and then it was overturned. But yeah. I don't think we had a single touchdown scorer last week. Should we just go with the same six people? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We could do that for the next three years and still not win that bet. Yeah. I mean, I find it quite amazing that we we still not yet hit one of these. Uh, next next week we should do uh, obvious anytime touchdown scorers. What's your theme? People who might score a touchdown. Yeah. Yes. We'll just. <laughs> well, what we'll do is we'll go for the leagues. We'll have Dalvin Cook. Um, well, we'll go for multi touchdown scorers next week, maybe. So like wow. Dalvin, and and go for like running backs. Maybe. I don't know. Let's focus on this week first, eh? Yeah, we'll pick Dalvin Cook and then Madison comes in and gets three. That's what <laughs> Dalvin, <laughs> fucking Dal, Dalwin. We can piss off this week. Alright, I was... I'm not going to say I wasn't paying attention to the chat earlier about this, but Pat, you came up with a suggestion for what we were actually going to do this week. Yeah, I, I suggested coin flip teams, so teams that are four and four, or four and three, or three and four. So right on the cusp of mediocrity as we went for terrible teams last week so that is the 49ers the lions the i've read my right in raiders broncos all of whom have games this week own oh, the dolphins and the eagles on a bye so obviously we're not picking from them uh unlike last week crazy we didn't even try we... and pick from them <laughs> fingers crossed we're not picking teams that are playing each other either we uh, are and i've checked that all right lovely um, well, why don't you start? Who have you? Who are you going for on that theme? Craig jumped straight in with Gaskin from the Dolphins, so I dropped to my 49ers choice, which is Ayuk. Okay, I definitely wasn't picking. Uh, no, in fact, I'm picking a Raider, aren't I? Did look at look at the prep that goes into this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll. I'll I've just revealed mine um, from the Las Vegas Raiders. It will be, I haven't decided yet. Let's go. Let's go with Henry Ruggs. How's that sound? Um, all right, Russ, who you got? Uh, I am going for uh, baby D and uh, let me be on Noah fantasy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Rich. Uh, well, I originally wanted Kenny Golladay and Pat's told me that he might well be out. So, if he's in, Golladay. If he's out, Hawkinson. Okay, a conditional bet there. Sorry, yeah. whoever's got to place it. I mean, we, we wait until about you. half an hour before kickoff anyway, don't we? So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. <laughs> we've been in severe danger of failing to place these bets on time a couple of times, but we've just about got there. Um, right, Hawkinson or Golladay. And then one from Mark, who's not here. So I believe he was going to pick Mark Andrews. Um, I think, uh, yeah, probably the most solid choice of the, of the lot. So there's your 
I'm not going to recap that because I can't remember who some of the players were. Um, Pat, are you going to recap that? I can recap that. We yeah. went for Gaskin, Ayuk, uh, Henry Ruggs, Noah Fant, Golladay slash Hawkinson, depending on Golladay's fitness status, and finally Mark Andrews. Perfect. Thank you. There's this week's Steve Rains anytime touchdown corner bet. Okay. Next up, I like this. This is a rigid schedule we've got going on this season. Um, Hashtag this no podcast. Mark. Yeah. Do you know what? We we probably wouldn't have got to the quiz yet if Mark was here, would we? <laughs> Frick. He doesn't half waffle on. That's one oh. I did notice last week. It's just, yeah, I don't, the Bills. It must have been another half an hour on Josh Allen last week. It's just unbearable. Can you just, can you just like, actually just edit those bits out next time, just to annoy him? Yeah. I mean, he he would be unbearable this week after they finally managed to beat a dog shit Patriots, wouldn't they? <laughs> they should have thumped them, and they didn't. Exactly. Well, and 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 if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Cam coughing up the ball on that last drive, <laughs> they probably would have fucked it up as well. But anyway, we, do we not want to come sort of cover that? Maybe I don't know whether that'll come up in. Um, I hope not in this week's uh, comprehensive roundup, Adam. That's well, the second irony moment of the pod. We had complaining about Craig's lack of sound with the sound cutting out and now waffling about Mark waffling. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a bit of a, a side issue around, not specifically about this game, but about the Patriots. And, and their Patriots are now, what, two and, two and five or two and six or something? I've, I'm not enjoying that as much as I should be, and I don't know why. Can, you can feel someone sorry for this? No, I don't feel so. No, it's not that. I don't. I've been waiting for so long for the Patriots to be struggling. Um, but because Tom Brady's I, left, it's sort of they're not. It's odd, isn't it? I heard um, Belichick in a radio interview that's been doing the rounds on Twitter today. I don't know if you've heard it. He said, "Oh well, you know, since since like 2014, we we so we basically sold out um, and we went all in, won three Super Bowls." Got to the got to the final, lost the Super Bowl, and then um, lost the championship game. You know, and if you look back at that Patriots team, Brady, you know, Edelman spent a bit of time out injured in that. But you know, you, you, other than their stellar defense, you they they weren't packed full of superstars, were they? Really? No, but yeah, having having the two Bs is. <laughs> meant that yeah. that largely doesn't matter, but exactly, yeah, it's probably anyway. why it's not so satisfying. Is if it was those two falling off a cliff, it'd be really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah the fact the fact that Brady, the fact that what Brady's doing at the Bucks is yeah. And I'm not I'm not hating that as much as I should be either. Something's wrong with me. Anyway, <laughs> we need to um well review review what was week eight, um incredibly and. We'll do that in the usual way. Some one-sentence reviews. So strap yourselves in. We'll start with Atlanta 25, Carolina 17. Atlanta are definitely not making the playoffs this year, but the form looks good for next year at least. There's maybe hope there. (laughs) Pittsburgh 28, Baltimore 24. Game of the week. So guess which game didn't have a game in 40 to watch. Thanks, Game Pass. Went exactly as I expected, thanks to Ravens' turnovers. I think Sky blacked them out. Um, 
for what it's worth, which is not very much. LA Rams 17, Miami 28. The Rams are actually rubbish, aren't they? Tennessee 20, Cincinnati 31. The Titans' woes on defence continue, but is Joe Burrow the real deal? New York Jets 9, Kansas City 35. The Jets actually hung around a little bit in this one, um, which is more than Avery Williamson did afterwards. Minnesota 28, Green Bay 22. This game went exactly as I didn't expect. The Vikings managed to stop Devontae Adams, whilst the Packers couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. Which reminds me, we must ask Dalvin Cook how much Kirk Cousins weighs. (laughs) Indianapolis 41, Detroit 21. Genuinely don't know how all these teams keep letting Phil Rivers put those numbers up. Great, the Titans still have to play them twice. Las Vegas 16, Cleveland 6. This game was about as inspiring as Boris Johnson's Saturday evening in lockdown message. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland Cleveland without OBJ and Vegas not really doing anything, but they deserve the win. It was even more windy than Boris Johnson's Saturday lock- lockdown message. Um, New England 21, Buffalo 24. The Bills won another squeaker, getting a late gift from Cam. LA Chargers 30, Denver 31. An interesting win for Denver. Justin Herbert continues to put up good numbers, but Drew Locke got the job done with the last play of the game. San Francisco 27, Seattle 37. Well, Seattle won, which is no surprise really, considering San Francisco had zero players left on the pitch at the end. (laughs) New Orleans 26, Chicago 23. They say Nick Foles loves his tight ends. He loves them all right. Loves throwing them hospital passes. Pray for Jimmy Graham's knees. Saints won a game that shouldn't shouldn't have been that close. Dallas 9, Philadelphia 23. Zanuzzi washing washing machines come with a much longer guarantee than Danucci quarterbacks. Tampa Bay 25, New York Giants 23. Well, we said Tampa would be up and down. This was almost a very embarrassing down. It was. Do you know what? I thought thought the Giants were going to do that about... Yeah, part way through the fourth quarter I was watching the the game in 40 which is how I consume most night games and it you're sort of watching most of it thinking yeah Tampa Bay will get it going you expect and you think well the Giants will just mess something up and then just when you thought the Giants actually had something and then there's just a random Daniel Jones pick um, that's unprovoked the old unforced error and just give the game away yeah, the momentum change at the start of the second half where he threw an interception instead of a touchdown to uh, Slate, I think it was, up the left-hand side. He kind of looked away from him just as he burned the guy on the outside and got separation and then mm. inexplicably threw it straight to a New England's defender on the right-hand side of the pitch. New England's Tampa <laughs> defender on the right-hand <laughs> side of the pitch. And just Tom Brady and, well, and Gronk. But... You went from an, an eight-point lead going up to a 15-point lead to a... Now you're right in it and you're seeing Tampa Bay take over. Yeah. Um, At that point, you just think that's it. Game over. Like Tampa will just rack up a bunch of score and and that'll be it. But they just seem to... Yeah, they just seem to switch off. It stayed quite close. They got a bit of help from the officials and uh, kept some drives alive. That's all it really needed. There was a penalty on Yeadon for helmet to helmet where... uh, the 
guy who was running towards him just threw the head at him, and he just kind of stood his ground, blocked him, and tackled him. And they they pinged him for helmet to helmet when someone else headbutted his helmet. It's a that bit harsh. Number twenty-seven, I think. I can't. Yes, Jones. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. That was nonsense. Absolute nonsense. All right, but well, I was planning to talk about that game particularly, but here we go. Um, we talked about the Bills more than enough, so we don't need to revisit that. Let's talk about the fight. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Fucking hell! Um, obviously, Saint the Saints Bears game. Um, and that the way the way it happened and the timing of it. You could even argue that it cost Chicago the game, um, just with the moment it happened and so on. But I think that just it even that didn't matter. It just distracted everybody. Yeah, um, Javon Wims. I nearly forgotten his name. Um, he's he's become a household name overnight. It's it was just an unprovoked assault, or it seemed. See, Adam, you say he's become a household name overnight. He's going to become a useful quiz question for you in about three years' time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. no one will remember him then. Yeah, who got cut and never played again? Well, he hasn't been cut yet. He's been suspended for two games. Um... It was baffling. I mean, all right, we saw why he did it. He was protecting his mate from a finger to the eye or whatever it was from the play before. Well, appar- apparently... No, you could argue he did it on a bit of a whim. <laughs> <laughs> apparently it wasn't that. Apparently he... There was a play in the previous drive that he alleges that he was spat at. Um, it, was a, it was a play on the ground, so he was just standing around pretending to block or whatever receivers do on, on running plays. And um, there's, you, know, you sort of look at it, you can't tell that he's, if he's spat at, but the um, New Orleans uh, guy whose name escapes me, double-barreled, um, who yeah, flicked his like face mask gum shield out of his mouth. And you can see that. And he alleges he spat at him as well. Um, he's the same guy that Michael Thomas punched. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah. Uh, the, the corner? Yeah. Yeah. I'd heard that. He does sound like an unpleasant character. <laughs> he does. But, but, the, but still, the fact don't punch a guy in the helmet. No. Not that helmet. Oh. So but the other thing, so this alleged spitting and gum shield flicking happened 11 real-time minutes before the attack. <laughs> so I, I, I want to know. about it. I want to know, in what world do you think that by running over to somebody tapping them on the shoulder till they turn around and then throwing a pretty weak right hook into the face of someone that's wearing a protective helmet is going to cause well it's going to hurt your hand more than it's going to hurt their head absolutely uh, it, it's like it's like the whole ice hockey thing isn't it where the first thing they do is they they chuck off their helmet and their gloves and they, they go at it these guys don't even bother to do that I mean, fair play to fair play to Miles um, Garrett. At least he at least he tried to take his helmet off and then uh, swing it at someone's head. My my favourite thing about the whole sequence is that pause immediately after the first punch is thrown, where they both sort of look at each other and go, uh, "You can see him going, oh, shit, that really hasn't landed as well as I kind of hoped it would.'" And the other guy being like, "What the fuck was that?" And then he tries to lamp him again. It's like he thinks about it. He's he's expecting a retaliation that doesn't come, mm. and when he doesn't get it, what do I do now? 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, I'll hit him again. Why would the defender retaliate at that point? He's won. He's got away with whatever indiscretions he's done earlier, and yeah. then the wide receiver's got himself thrown out of a game in front of all the cameras. And you're like, well, you're an idiot. Apparently, apparently, it wasn't a tap on the shoulder. Apparently, he was trying to snatch his chain, but he didn't even manage to do that properly. Wow. <laughs> the the whole punching a guy in a helmet thing, just like how does? How I does... mean that that just gets funny ever funnier every time. <laughs> Oh, you meant you mentioned um, Miles Garrett. The one that sticks in my mind of players doing it properly was um, this is going back a few years, but Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson. I don't know if it's a fight that a fight that you remember, but the Andre Johnson of the Texans at the time, um, cornerback versus wide receiver. They all seem to be cornerback versus wide receiver. Every every one of these, strangely, um, but within two seconds, they both ripped each other's helmets off almost as if it was like a deliberate mutual act, like within the the moment of rage, they've just sort of nodded to each other. Yeah, we'll rip it. We'll rip the helmets off so we can go at it properly. And then, then the fight <clears throat> starts, the helmetless fight starts. Um, and there's a sort of honor in that. Well, <laughs> no I can see, that, you know what I mean? I can see why it would be generally wide receiver against DB corner whatever um because if you're an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman you get to punch the guy in the face in the next rep anyway <laughs> yeah like, see, that's, that's just what they johnson <laughs> the, the whole stewing it if he stewed for 11 minutes and then decided to do that that that's the thing i can't fathom like if you if you're that angry and you've stewed and you want to <laughs> Just, just go for a late hit or a cheap shot. Not, so... not just something that looks like you're retaliating. I'm, I'm just watching it again, right? So <laughs> he, he's obviously having a bit of a tangle. Like Wims is, is having his, you know, his his root blocked, and it's like fine. And he just jogs over, tries to rip the chain out, and he when he whacks Gardner Johnson, right? He whack, he, ta- he tries to rip his chain out. He whacks him, and then he stands, and then he he sort of moves back as if to go. Right, it's on now. Let's go. And Gardner Johnson just stands there, looking at him like, <laughs> "What the fuck have you just done, you prick? What? Is, what? Like, it, like you see in a pub fight where where a guy blindsides somebody. I don't know if you, you've probably seen this before, where somebody runs over from the opposite side of a bar, whacks somebody, and the guy's whacked instead of going down like a sack of shit because he hasn't seen the punch come in, just stands there. And you go, uh oh, someone's getting killed now. <laughs> this guy, this guy is in trouble. It's it's the bit in the superhero movie where some guy, like some superhero who's used to smacking people and seeing them go half a mile, smacks some guy, and they just stand there and look slightly nonplussed. It's yeah, fan thing. of that. That's my it's my favorite moment. The whole thing where he's just like, what? <laughs> it's. It eventually degenerates into the usual brawl, but it's like the delay reaction with that as well. It's just, there's there's so much about that that I absolutely loved. Because all his teammates are like, "Wait, who's that guy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Um, we should talk a little bit about the actual game, much as I don't really want to, and I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, the the bears, yeah, the bear, the bears could have won. They could have got another big scalp, um, but it wasn't to be. Uh, Will Lutz had one opportunity um, that went begging, but made up for it in overtime. Um, it was, oh, I ended up staying up till the end 
which was sort of about 1am that game finally finished. And yep. it was it was really good viewing, um, despite Sky turning red zone off at half past midnight. Um, so th- thanks for that. But um, yeah, got Game Pass on and, and saw the end of it. The Saints, I, I don't, as, as much as we thought, I think we touched on this last week, that Brady is looking good. Drew Brees isn't particularly. Um, yeah, it, it felt like it had, it had a similar flow to the Vikings-Packers games in that it started off with long drives that ended in points, but in this one, neither side were competent enough to put the ball in the end zone, so it was field goals. And it, it just felt like two sides that aren't quite there. It wasn't like two really good sides cancelling each other out and having a really nice close game. It was two lumpy sides just about keeping the wheels turning without really doing anything convincing. So, yeah, they're both maybe on the cusp of the expanded playoffs, but they're not looking like teams that are going to make deep playoff runs at this they, point, are they? They haven't really hit any kind of form, have they, the Saints? They, they don't look like the threatening Saints of the last couple of seasons without Michael Thomas. And whilst Alvin Kamara is yeah, arguably the best back in the league, I know some people could say, Cook, some people could say uh, Zeke on form, you know, Kamara, I think is probably... I could, I could say another very obvious name. You, you could that, do. <laughs> I could do, but uh, he doesn't catch passes. Um... Allegedly. Allegedly, you know, unpopular opinion. No, but what I would say is uh, Kamara <laughs> is probably, along with C-Mac, the most well-rounded back in the NFL. Um, and you know, without the the stallion type threat of Thomas, I don't even know why he used the word stallion there. Um, they look a little bit. The Saints genuinely look a little bit toothless, I think, and it's in, and it's impacted on the likes of Traquan Smith. Uh, Sanders hasn't really got going. I know he's been injured and had some COVID stuff, um, but it is it has impacted their offense massively. I think not having double coverage and, and Michael Thomas creating creating gaps for them and making yeah. unbelievable catches. And imagine what that Bears team would do be would be with even like a half decent offense. Because even if something middle of the road like Atlanta or something, then suddenly they've got an amazing defense. Well the thing is they haven't got a bad they haven't got a bad offense. I think they've got a bad I think they've got a two bad quarterbacks and I don't, think they've got really the, I don't think they've got the greatest scheme. I don't think they play. Yeah. I don't think they've got the greatest scheme in because Alan Robinson is 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 a top eight wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, still Easily. is, still should be. Um, and then and then they've got other they've got other pieces. I know they they lost Cohen to injury, didn't they? But they've got other pieces. Montgomery hasn't really done what they thought he would do, although he was decent. He had a couple of decent runs on, on Sunday. But, yeah, the, the Co- Bears Co- are frustrating. Big loss for them, actually. Big Co- loss, because he's the change of pace, isn't he? I do think, I mean, Pat alluded to this earlier, I do think that the Bears can sneak into the playoffs, and I think if they sneak into the playoffs, that defence can keep them in pretty much any game. And I think they'll be a difficult play in what, that situation. What? What works against the Bears is their schedule. So they've kind of had, well, a bit like the Niners. They had some easy games up front. Um, 
the Bears have still got to play both the Packers and the Vikings twice. Um, so you say that, I don't think the Vikings are a particularly yeah, difficult... Vikings game. do this, though, don't they? They do <laughs> this. And then all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins will go from being, you know, quarterback from Scunthorpe paraplegics to fucking... Um, wow. To Pat Mahomes fucking incarnate. And all of a sudden, Thielen catches fire. Now Dalvin Cook scores four touchdowns. You know, they've got that... Um, Justin, Jeff- Justin Jefferson, is it? Yeah. Yep. Jefferson? Yep. There's two Jeffersons in there. There's another. There's another rookie that doesn't, doesn't play. Um, yeah, Justin Jefferson, who looks like he's he's got something about him, and it it only takes one early. It's almost like one one or two early good completions from Cousins sets him up for the rest of the game. If he misses a couple of early throws, like he yeah. turns into an absolute spasmoid. It's getting in rhythm for him. He's one of those rhythm QBs that basically as long as he can get into that situation and he feels good, like that confidence comes right up and all of a sudden, you know, he's slinging it around all over the place. And and you've got to remember, like Thielen's a really fucking good receiver. They've got, they've got real weapons there. If they can actually get them going. They've got, um, they've got Dalvin cook um, right. who makes it a lot easier when he has a game like that. Like, oh. I, I mean, yeah, Pat, they, you... the Packers had no, literally, literally no answer to Dalvin Cook. Like, how was it? Was it two hundred and he's got to be nearly two hundred and fifty yards in scrimmage, wasn't he? I mean, as seeing games like that with the Titans and Derek Henry, where you the game gets to a point where you know they can't stop it, um, and if 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 that team's got a lead, the, the game's just gone. It's over. Um, because you can just you can just control the clock, you, you just do what you like, really. If you, you you're playing with a running back who's just got the wood over the opposition like that, um, it doesn't get any better the later the game goes on either, as the defenses get more tired and worn out. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes it look yards, easy, doesn't it? 160 yards rushing, another 60 yards receiving, so not bad. Yeah, just a bit. Um, and four touchdowns. And four touchdowns. The Packers, who were, sort of came out the blocks this season better than we expected, um, it feels like that that game went against all momentum and leveled things up a bit in the NFC North, which is looking quite an interesting division all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah they're, they're regressing back towards what we expected, the Packers. Yeah, With agreed. a few injuries to an already wafer-thin offensive roster. <laughs> they, are, they are in trouble. With Aaron Jones in his calf, apparently so... Um... Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams, Williams has now um, been put in COVID because he'd been in contact with um, Dylan. Yes, yep. with AJ Dylan. So now they're, they're it's looking likely when they play the Niners on Thursday. Rich, is that right? Or is yep. it the yeah? They play the Niners night, on yeah. Thursday. That they might have to rush Aaron Jones back from that calf injury. Because he's their only, he's their only running back option. And they got, yeah, the, got the some... Packers. The Packers aren't the team in that game who've got the most injury problems. <laughs> I mean, well, ironically, ironically, the 49ers' only real option is probably going to be our run game, which is handy because <laughs> they can't defend against it. As we just established, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 
those Thursday night games can sometimes seem a bit harsh when a team's dealing with that kind of thing. Um, but maybe it will just even even things out. Um, it could be a good game with some players I mean, could that be, but... don't know who they are scoring all the points. It will be. It will be. Yeah, I think it. There's a possibility it could be a quite high scoring game just just because of all the injuries means that there'll be mistakes made on defense so and they can't defend the run so it'll be it'll be um Nick Mullins and Brendan Ayuk versus Aaron Rodgers and uh Devontae Adams I mean I know who my money's on but uh... <laughs> all right the Niners then have so Garoppolo is going to be out for a few weeks. Unfortunately, so is George Kittle. It looks like um, the the game George against Kittle's the season for the rest of the season, mate. So more than a few eight, weeks. Eight weeks, isn't it? That's yeah, pretty much it. Which will be the end of the season for us. Oh dear, dearie me. I mean, it was it was a bit of a beating in Seattle, really. I mean, the the score makes it look close, but I don't think it was. Would that be fair? Yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest issue with this game is the biggest issue that I've had since Jimmy got injured, which is he, he shouldn't be playing injured. He needs, he needs to be able to throw off, you know, with the power off that back foot. That's how he generates a lot of his power and he can't. So it almost felt like the Eagles result meant that he got rushed back. And ever since then, I've just been waiting for him to get re-injured properly, which is what seemed to happen in this game. I think he's out for, probably four to six weeks now which just that's it that's our season done given all the other injuries as well seattle seattle were worth the win but they didn't really have to get out of third gear for it which is just as well because they had 17 injured running backs so you know they were relying on dk metcalf being a monster and he is so that was fine <laughs> yeah yeah that works well he's hard to defend right now that guy isn't he, he okay is a different level, DK Metcalf, and he is going to be, he's going to be, I think, bold early prediction, a receiver that is talked about in the NFL for many, 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 many years. There you go. You heard it here. Not first, but you you heard it here. (laughs) Yeah, you heard it here. (laughs) Yeah, given the number of people who comment on the draft, there'll be bound to be someone who said it before the draft, but it's monkeys and typewriters, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Well, plus there was all the people that were like, oh, he's he can't do a three-cone shuttle run, so he's no good. Oh, He, yeah. can't, do, he can't do a three-cone shuttle run, but he can chase down what's-his-face over 80 <laughs> yards. Unbelievable. Can, can I have don't, a little... Don't do a 40-yard dash or a three-yard four-cone shuttle run when you can do shit like that. <laughs> I, if you've seen... The... Oh, I'm going to have a little rant, and it's not just about DK Metcalf. It's about Tom Brady. It's about Russell Wilson. It's a, basically it's about anybody who wasn't drafted in the first round that the media and clever people on Twitter say for years afterwards, oh, look at this list of players that were drafted ahead of him <laughs> by every team. Thirty, Not just 31 teams didn't draft Tom Brady. 32 teams didn't draft him because it includes the Patriots in rounds one, two, three, four, and five. It's almost as if we don't really know how good these people are going to be until they play in the NFL for a couple of years. Yep. So I'm, I'm, it's so boring. How many number one QB picks have been busted flushes? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's as if 
with every GM in the league is supposed to know every single thing about every player coming from college and be able to predict the future. Um, yeah, look at the combine. Look at when you meet with them. You make your own mind up and try and make good decisions. But it is forgivable to not draft DK Metcalf <laughs> um, on the evidence that everybody's seen. To stop mocking teams for drafting a different receiver or a different QB or whatever. Sick of it. There you go. Well, so much of that stuff, particularly in the first couple of years, comes down to situation as well. There are players who end up, you know, they're drafted in the fifth or sixth round and they end up needing to be part of an offense or a defense just because of because of injuries, because of situation. And all of a sudden that pressure means that they bloom, but they weren't necessarily anything outstanding in college. And that's that's just fortune. Like, that's fine, but that's just the way it works. Yeah, time and a place. Yeah. <laughs> Take your opportunity. But how many? Like, it's not. It's not just. It's not just NFL. It's sport in general. It's yeah. life. You know. You look at these players that turn out of nowhere in any sport. Like, oh, the the success stories, the rags to riches, whatever you want to call it. Like these things happen in sport all the time, and just because a player, you know, oh yeah, he was he was good. He was touted as this. Oh yeah, but he only got picked in the second round. Who cares? Yeah. The second round of a draft of like 300 plus players or however many it is, I don't, I don't know, um, that, that are entered in it, in a country of, fuck knows, you know, 500 million or whatever it is, you know, still pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it's like it's like these players, I don't know if you, you've ever played Championship Manager, but if I said to you, Cherno Samba, You'd, Kennedy Bakiriloglu. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you'd know you'd know who I'm talking about because they are somebody that somebody's looked at who were 15 years old when a version of Championship Managers made. Look, look at them and go, yeah, they're going to be best in the world potentially. Um, equally, they'll be like a Didier Drogba, who is terrible on on the same version of Championship Managers because you don't know how these people are going to turn out when they get older. Yeah, it's almost like if it was really obvious and everyone knew you wouldn't need a draft, you'd just rank the players and send them out to the teams. Right, right. Um, I should probably move on. I no, finished rant. That's, so that's, 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 that's a good rant. I mean, that's that's almost like a postseason rant. Yeah, it should have been <laughs> rather than wasting time in this podcast. Right, I'm done ranting. Should I talk about the Titans Bengals game? Yeah, Pretty please do. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that. Christ. Um, What's going on with the Titans D, Adam? There are... It's, it's like a... Per, I think it's a perfect storm of... It's gone wrong, the Titans D, and it's gone wrong spectacularly. Um, Mike Vrabel decided not to replace Dean Pease, our retiring defensive coordinator, which is a bold strategy, <laughs> um, but it's one that he hasn't really backed up. Now, it's not entirely his fault, there have been one or two players who haven't turned out quite as planned. Vic Beasley's come in and done nothing, um, having you know, had a largely decent career at the Falcons. Um, Jadavian Clowney, who I don't think he's doing as badly as some are making out, but he's not hitting his straps. Um, so the pass, rush, the pass rush isn't what we hoped it would be. The secondary is absolute garbage right now. Um, we've drafted Christian Fulton, in the second round, who was a lot of people's first round pick, um, has looked mediocre and then got injured. 
Um, Jonathan Joseph, I I would beat in a foot race. Um, there's a, a Dory Jackson who's been injured. Fine. Um, he's hopefully coming back. Uh, yeah, and then a few other. I could mention I could mention some others, but the sec- the secondary's just been terrible. But that means that you then can't you can't sort of scheme as well you can't come up with a range of exotic blitzes to sort out the problem because you you can't trust what there is in secondary to defend anything if you you commit them so it means that you're relying on just the pass rush to generate pressure and the pass rush isn't performing particularly well either the bengals game it should the titans should be that should have been a fix it game a second string O-line. They've had so many injury problems on that O-line. You think, right, surely Clowney can make hay in this game. You've got Joe Burrow, who looks really good, by the way. Look really good in this game. Really yeah. good. Yeah, made him look like Sean Watson, the way he was eluding the pass rush. Because it wasn't about a strong O-line. It was about him avoiding lots of pressure in his face. Around yeah, his he, didn't, he didn't have the, that consistent pressure in his face. When he did, he, avo- he avoided it. He didn't take a sack in the entire game, I don't think. Yeah, it wasn't multiple angles. That was the thing. It was one guy breaking through and then getting beaten for and speed it, and it trickery. Was, it was too rare. It was too rare that he was under pressure. And when, yeah, when he was, he he's, looks like he's someone who's quite comfortable leaving the pocket, quite comfortable, as you, as you say, evading any pressure. But yeah, and they were missing wasn't... Joe Mixon as well, weren't they? So it wasn't yeah. even like, it was a, a big blue chip piece of the offense out. Yeah, you know, it's bad when Gio Bernard and um, Samaj Perrine or whatever his name is, Perrine, are literally cutting them to shreds. Yeah, Yeah, but that, that, it wasn't so much, yeah, they did okay on the ground, but it was, it was, it was more that, yeah, just giving, giving up key plays when it matters. It's just third down is an issue. We can't stop teams on third down. A fourth down conversion where, Borough had time to go to the shops and come back and make the pass. It was just the shambles. And you can see how they would have forgotten about Bernard because he had a good game last week. So you would have thought, well, that's his good game for the next five years out of the way. Then we don't need to worry about him this week. <laughs> I quite, I quite like Bernard, but he's not, he's not that, that big back that's, that's going to punish you. Or, but then neither's P Ryan. Let's be honest. But yeah, the t- the Titans' offense is fine, but it's not going to get you out of jail every single week. So. As an example, in that game, there was a interception in the end zone. Tannehill threw early. There was a missed field goal. So the opportunity in, in scoring positions coming up with zero. If you, if that happens two or three times, it's forgivable. But in a game when you if if your defense isn't getting you anything, it's going to cost you. Yeah. And another week, the Titans might have scored forty points and won. Um, another week, there might have been some better officiating. But that's another story than that. That's, that yeah, the hit on Adam Humphreys was disgraceful. It yeah, was, was although yeah. that, yeah, that wasn't the thing that cost us. There was an interception ruled out for a non-existent um, defensive PI, which isn't reviewable. Any, sorry, isn't challengeable anymore. They got rid of that pretty quickly, which is a bit puzzling. Because they didn't overturn any of them. Well, yeah, I suppose it's so it was pointless. Point. <laughs> was that two rants in a row you've just had from me? Well, if you count the one that I assume you had on the Titans podcast that you've just recorded, that's three. <laughs> well, I don't need to rant so much on that one because there are other people to do that as well. <laughs> uh, but... It's a little bit mean because the Titans are like five and two. We've let you talk about them twice, both times when they've lost. It's uh, kind of mean. It's a standard. Um, <laughs> at least Mark's not here to talk about the Bills who've 
question is question is adam do you expect them to bounce back over the next couple of weeks and write that ship that is a good question i i think we should beat the, we've got the bears next yep who we should be you know we should beat the bengals um the bears are very <laughs> different prospects because i don't, they're I don't think their, their offense isn't going to hurt us like joe burrow did but at the same time it's going to be harder to score points against the Bears because they've got a much better defense. So it's, it, in theory, should be a lower scoring game. I, I'm not relying on it. I, th- I think, uh, yeah, early in the season, it's papering over the cracks sometimes when you when you win. You could the Titans might have been looking like a comfortable sort of twelve and four type team. We're not that. Um, there was a meme doing the rounds of. Um, the Metcalf chase and it's the Titans and the nine and seven things. We've been nine and seven, four years in a row um, of that coming back to, to hurt us. I think we could be nine and seven. Um, the AFC South is still very winnable. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think we're not going to make the playoffs, but it's, it's going to be tough unless, I mean, we have just traded for Desmond's. Um, two, King. two. Des, <laughs> Desmond two, two. <laughs> Desmond King from the Chargers um, slot corner. I mean, badly, badly needed help. Um, he might he might work out. He might help things. Dory Jackson coming back from injury, but I think it's more to it than that. Um, as a mentality, Some, sometimes sometimes it could just be you play angrier next week and it's kind of okay. But I think the offense will is strong enough that we will win a lot of games despite that defense. But you could just come very easily unstuck in a playoff game with that defense quite you said papering over the cracks when we win which is basically a description of the bills last month (laughs) (laughs) um right the Steelers I want to talk about um steering this away um the yeah as Bengals got a win in the AFC North the Browns didn't and the very windy day uh so the but the Steelers and the Ravens game game of the week Steelers are. I mean, a pick pick six inside the first minute helps, doesn't it? It sets the tone badly, doesn't it? <laughs> and Steelers are enough looking the real deal that it's hard to come back against them once you drop behind. I mean, these are two very good teams that I fully assume will make the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see which one actually tops that division, though. Well, the, the Steelers are winning there on the road. It's, it's it looks like them right now. Um, the Ravens have lost twice. Um, I'm, so, and I'm the not Steelers sure. Have to, the Ravens are going to have to win in Pittsburgh to win that division, aren't they? Yeah, but I'm not sure that's as hard a task as it would have been in previous years. The fact that there aren't baying crowds in those divisional games certainly helps if you're a, if you're an away team. True. It helps offenses in general. We're seeing higher scoring, uh, things like the third down conversion. Yep. Um, across the league, that's, that's that's definitely a factor. Yeah, home advantage isn't what it isn't what it was. I mean, there are a few fans, which is good to see. In most yeah, places. but if if Joe Biden wins, they'll be they'll be gone by next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if Joe Biden wins, there's going to be a couple of months of Donald Trump doing whatever he can um, oh, to overcompensate. So. Yeah, it'll be uh, that'll be after the playoffs are finished. Don't worry. <laughs> Were you surprised the Ravens didn't kick a field goal and take it to overtime? They went for it all for the thirty yards at the end of the game to try and win it. No, well, I don't think it's. 
I don't. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's Jackson style. I don't think it's Harbaugh style. I don't. I don't think they they wanted to win that game in normal time. I think they were comfortable with the fact of their position in in the the standings to go. Actually, well, if this doesn't come off, we're seven and two. It's not the end of the world. That's um, fair. You know, it was almost a shot to nothing. And if it had come off, then it would have been remarkable. Yeah, and hugely deflating for the Steelers if it came off. So that looked like the long-term impacts is worth the risk, I suppose. Okay. We're talking about teams with successful records and papering over the cracks or coping with losses, whatever. Let's let's talk about the new Falcons, and that would be the LA Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Blowing leads all over the place. What a ridiculous game in Denver. Um, but I could, it was, you sort of had a for, sense of foreboding of what was coming, or I did. You sort of, you watch, watch games like that, and sometimes where a team isn't used to winning, like it doesn't matter how far ahead you get. Um, and a, a bit like the Falcons, it's not as if their quarterback's doing anything wrong or blowing it or... It's just one of those things. I've got to be honest. I do think this actually long-term plays into the Chargers' hands because this is not a team... Firstly, it's not a team that's going to make the playoffs this season. And I don't think it's a team that would go very far in the playoffs this season. But having that higher draft pick for next year allows them to load up and really support uh, Herbert, who I think is an absolutely huge potential looks, quarterback the way that great. boy throws yeah. the ball is unbelievable and and he can move and he can see and he's he's got an exceptional arm and yep. he's not just an he's not just an arm let's say he he's got vision he can pick that pass he can see the coverage he can see what's going on which a lot of rookie quarterbacks they, they that's what they struggle with the most when they first come into the league it's seeing that play develop. It's trusting the reads. And he does, he seems to do it all. And who'd have thought that the Chargers started the season with Tyrod Taylor in that first game, <laughs> right? And then before before some crazy medical doctor stabbed him in the lung. Well, did you hear what happened to that Ra- the Is it the Raiders player? Yeah, oxygen in the vein. Had to rush him to hospital. It's terrifying. I- Call him Mr. Okay. Raider. Call him Mr. Wrong. These musical interludes. Wow. Yeah, but I was quite proud of that, actually. Anyway, but yeah, I, I think, again, Herbert, everybody was a little bit sceptical. How long would it take him to get in the side? Would he be able to do anything when he gets in the side? You know, he's put he's putting up 30 points every week. The, the Chargers are not losing because of Justin Herbert. No, absolutely. No. Right. Um, and they, that's the thing. I think if they can put some defensive pieces in there, the right defensive pieces in place there, I think they can be a really, really strong prospect next year. And with a rookie QB, you don't really worry about that because you're looking to the long term anyway. Well, you hope so. It's, yeah. a, it's it's a nice spot to be in if you've got you've got that QB and you've got a high draft pick. Um, you know, like the Titans in 2016 when he had the first overall pick and Marcus Mariota already there. Um, everything went perfectly there, um, <laughs> but that well, 
joking aside, the the Chargers, that's where they're going to be. I, I think Herbert looks great. I think Joe Burrow looks great in Cincinnati. It's first year in a while that some of these guys looking, yeah, looking good. I know it's, it's early weird, days. It? It's weird. Got his first win. Yeah. Wow. Um, although it wasn't really down to him. Um, it started pretty shaky with a couple of turnovers, but it picked up. I you know, mean, he, he didn't get shaken by it and was solid enough to keep it going and take it over the line. More than some. That, that, that Miami defense almost single handedly won that game. Yeah, I I predicted a Rams win there. I thought that I th- I, I, the Rams are hard to work out right now, anyway. Um, but I thought that Tua might have a a slow start just from the the way it all happened with him replacing Fitz and so on. But and um, he did, but it was slow for did, five yeah. minutes, not <laughs> slow for five games, which is the way. You know okay. what is really good to see? Sorry, Pat. You know what is amazing, amazing to see? And I've not got a lot of experience of it with my short NFL watching career. A quarterback throwing the ball with his left hand is just <laughs> beautiful. It it's it's like the left-handed cover drive. It, it yes, just, it is. Uh... That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> like you see, you see, it just looks it looks more elegant. It just there's something about it, and I watched it quite a bit. And I know he didn't throw the ball a huge amount, but it just it's different. What? And um, um, obviously, because there aren't many, and there haven't been many. Tim Tebow bit, put pay into all of that. Bit of, a novel, bit of a novelty, but, but you think it's a, but, but why though? It doesn't make any sense. Like left foot, left footed players take the best penalties. That is a fact in, in association football. And like, why? What? What difference does it make whether a quarterback is left-handed or right-handed? It well, doesn't. I'll give, to... I'll, I'll give you a really boring answer. Um, and I mean, you could say the same about golf. You don't get that many left-handed players that make make it big. Um, you know, equipment availability. But in the NFL, there's it's not just you can't just sort of drop back and throw with you. Obviously, you can. Um, but the way your line blocks for you has to be different. So a, a bog standard left tackle is a key position, and because you're protecting your QB's blindside. Obviously, with a left-handed quarterback, everything, everything's flipped. Um, but your right so you, tackle then becomes you, you're right, Yeah, your right tackle's good, but that isn't necessarily the position that your right that your left your left tackle's not going to be used to playing that side. So it's all sorts of other things that go on that teams need to think about. It, it screws with wide receivers as well because apparently just the ball spinning the other way can fuck with the wide receiver's brain. In the short term, obviously you adjust to that over time. You get used to it the more the guy throws you the ball. But watching, yeah, Jerry Rice was a mess when Steve Young <laughs> came in at the Niners. <laughs> but it wasn't. Jerry Rice talks about the fact that it was different catching balls from from Steve Young. Yeah, no, I get. It was like the same if, reason if you, Belichick always tried to greatest... get a left-footed punter so it would spin differently for the returner. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, again, that always, it's, it's that always just those weird me. little things. But I love it. I'm with you, Russ. I love watching a lefty throw. It, it always puzzles me. Right? Having played quite a lot of rugby, a relatively good standard, I guess, is that you know, the ball spins, the ball, the ball, the rugby ball moves in the spiral motion most of the time when you're passing it anyway, unless you're rugby league. Um, end over end punts and kicks and stuff is fine. 
I, d- I don't understand how sometimes it seems so much harder to catch, other than the fact that you may have a three hundred pound bloke or a two hundred fifty pound bloke literally smashing you when you can't see it. The only the only reason I can uh, think that a receiver or somebody drops a pass that is right at them is through fear or through expectation that whether before or after they caught that ball, they are going to get absolutely mullered and they're not going to see it coming. Because there's to me, there's no excuse for dropping. They wear these weird sticky gloves as well. Like there's no excuse for dropping those to, for dropping a ball. The thing don't, that annoys I don't the thing that annoys um, me I'm most. Sorry, about I know drops. people are going to call me out for not having a go at it and kicking it and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. I, I I know that's coming. I'm going to preempt <laughs> being called out for that. As well, by the way, Russ, the the thing that annoys me most about drops is not not a player who thinks he's about to be hit. It's the player who's already trying to decide where he's going to run up field and takes his eye off the ball and then drops it. That's the most frustrating thing to see. You see that on screen sometimes. That just that bores my piss. Just catch it. Catch the ball first and then worry about what you're going to do. Yeah. Oh, I agree. It's like it happens, it happens all the time. You see it in rugby. You see like a kick comes down the line or a, a long Gary Owen or whatever and the player's already deciding what they're going to do with it before they've caught it and they drop it. Yep. Catch the ball first. If you don't catch the ball, you can't do fuck all with it. The catch decision's the taken out of your hands if, Ca- you, if you're not going to catch almost, it. Almost literally, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird how in sport that if you're a left-handed batsman or if you're a, a left-handed footballer, you're more likely to make it because there'll be more opportunities. Yet, if you're a left-handed quarterback, you're actually probably less likely to make it because teammates aren't used to it. It's, it's a, just an observation which I find quite strange, but and, there you go. And you'd think it would work the other way because the pass rush only plays one of you a year. So 15 other games where they're not rushing against the left-handed quarterback, at least your receivers can train with you and practice with you and you know they have that time if you're only playing against that once a year it's much harder to uh learn it than if you're playing against if you're training with it every week and playing with it every week but you see you look at your average defensive end or outside linebacker they're perfectly adept at switching sides Um, they're quite used to that Um, but your average left tackle or right tackle has probably been playing their their whole career for the most part just envelop him. It doesn't matter which hand he's holding the ball in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do find that I, in a really geeky way, I find all that stuff fascinating. Um, but we are going to be a very long podcast if we dwell on that. Not that that generally stops us. I mean, we're already a very long podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? At least Mark's not here. Um, should we touch on... Just looking down there, any other games worth mentioning? I kind of want to touch on the Cowboys just because they were so bad. So, <laughs> so bad. You know what? In a year where my Niners suck because of all the injuries, I am really enjoying how bad the Cowboys are. Any think... team on their third quarterback is going to look bad, but they were beyond the pale bad. He, the, he's not the just a third He He was that quarterback... I, I can't remember. It's a long time since I've seen a performance quite like it. And Dallas were, they came out with trick plays, little reverses, like flipping it. To but it was clear why they were doing it. 
to you know, cover up the fact that they had no orthodox attack <laughs> that they could rely on. And they've got all about... the, they've got all these nice weapons. <laughs> but earlier in the in the in the pod, you talked about quarterbacks getting into a rhythm. Pat, you've Players got on both sides to this there, extent. You don't you? let your quarterback get into any rhythm. So it's it's kind of a circular argument that oh well he's no good so we're going to have to do some trickery stuff. It's like but you're not giving him a chance really. Sorry, that yeah. was one of those moments where you I lost your sound and it remains to be seen how much of how much got picked up by the recording. But we'll uh, we'll ignore that. Yeah, was it everyone or was it just uh, Adam? Yeah, I, I lost it too. But I got half your point, which was you're assuming a guy's crap, so you don't let him have the ball in his hands, so he doesn't get comfortable, so then he looks crap. Yeah, you don't let him build up any rhythm, so it's all too 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 bitty. He doesn't build up a rhythm with his with his receivers, and uh, yeah, it looks worse than it would because you're throwing in gimmick plays half the time. So I can. I can sort of understand it because you've got a guy who he's a seven round draft pick rookie and the Eagles have still one of the best defensive interiors of of any team in the league. So you don't want him getting swamped every single play. So you're you're pushing outside of of those players' influence. But even still, it was they're just awful. They're awful all round. It doesn't make I don't think that Andy Dalton will make a significant positive improvement when that when he comes back. I was I've been surprised how poor Andy Dalton's been actually. I was expected. I thought he was a decent backup to have when Dak went down. I, I, um, but... I think he is. I think they're just dreadful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that, Dak was making of an more... Dak was making something of it. He, he was. was doing kind of okay. Yeah, but Dak's uh, better than people give him credit for. Well, yeah, maybe we're seeing we're seeing that, and um, by virtue of the fact of fact that anyone replacing him can't seem to do anything. But yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, well, before before we look in ahead to week nine, um, any trade news worth worth mentioning? Um, Will Fuller seems to be shopping himself, which is always entertaining to see. <laughs> Uh, well, Niners have uh, we've shipped Colin Alexander off, who was one of the big free agency signings early in the Shanahan era, which I Alonso assume is just coming back the other way. Yeah, it's an interesting one because he's he's fairly injury prone and fairly flag and suspension prone. So he's we'll been see how traded that goes. four times. Is that right in his yeah, career? Yeah, some kind of record. There's probably a reason for that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's going to be our third linebacker after um, uh, the two guys that are in there at the moment. Fred Warner's just brilliant. He has proven to be an excellent, excellent draft pick. Um, and we got uh, Dre Greenlaw last year, and he's been he's been very decent as well. So I think I think they've realised that they don't need Quan Alexander's 78 missed tackles a game and <laughs> moving on from him. How is Fred Warner's injury, by the way? Because he... Uh, oh, who cares? He'll be good for next season. <laughs> next season? Okay. <laughs> He came back into the game after getting hurt. Yeah, he? I think he's okay. I don't think it's a major one. Good stuff. All right. Um, let's look ahead to week nine then and some one sentence previews. <laughs> um, just just before we go into that, I've just been checking the uh, NFL update Twitter. Um, 
did Craig pick Miles Gaskin for the uh, Steve Reigns any time touchdown corner? Yes, he did. Uh, sprained, M- sprained MCL. Thanks very much. Oh, God. Hey. I'll go with Devontae Parker then. And, and also, the Cowboys plan on starting Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush at quarterback on Sunday versus Pittsburgh. And let's be honest, if you're if you're going if you're playing if you're playing any team with a pass rush when your O line is shit and you've got rookie QBs or shit like next to no QBs, who is probably the team in the NFL you want to face the least at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> Are they just starting people Jerry Jones has met? I think so... Jerry Jones did put out an open, basically an open practice <laughs> schedule in the week to say if you've got a, if you've got a cowboy shirt and you're available, um, be at practice for nine a.m. on Tuesday. Do you think? I mean, do you think be, Colin Kaepernick still be, yeah. hanging oh. around near his office, just hoping that he might get the tap on the shoulder at some point and just won't? Yeah. The other the other thing I did want to uh, to mention. Is uh, the Bucks have officially activated Antonio Brown from the reserve suspended list? Brilliant. Um, still, still he's... crashing with the Bradys. Yeah, he's still, he's still living. Yeah, he's still, uh, he's still living with the Bradys. I'd love when to I, see when that I saw that the other day, it'd be amazing. When I, living when we with the Bradys. Talked about it a couple of weeks ago, when the last I was on it was in your um, your last quiz, your facts quiz, Adam, yeah. that we did, and uh, yeah. He's, oh, well, he is living with the Bradys in Tampa. It's amazing. We'll see if he can last one, two games this time out. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Another if any, team, if anyone, another team that's sorry, Russ. Another team that's going to be starting. It looks like I assume that's the case. A rookie QB this weekend. The um, the Jags. Yeah, I'm looking forward to cheering on Luton. That's going to be good. <laughs> Doesn't sit well with a Stevenage fan, obviously. Uh, we we talked about this a bit last week, didn't we? I don't know. Oh. Do you do you want to go there? I mean, he's got a very similar profile to Minshew on the face of it. He was drafted nine picks later the year after in the draft. He's from a similar quality Pac-12 college team. So low expectations as we had when Minshew came in. He's beaten out Glennon by looking about as good in practice. So what can well, you there say? Was, there was no point inspiring. sticking Glennon in. Absolutely not. I, I was always pro-Luton if we had to bring in someone who wasn't Minshew, but I was mostly pro-Minshew. But then, you know, it's injury not dropping him because he's not been playing very well. So fine, it is what it is. We're, we're, we're playing not to win another game the rest of the season, so it doesn't really matter. But you know what will happen. Luton will come in, show flashes win a couple of games, get himself a starting job for next year, and then be terrible. And it's and probably our most winnable be... game on the schedule next as well with the with the Texans, the way they've been playing, the way they've been looking. Which is not to say very winnable, but the most winnable. <laughs> um, oh, I'd love you to beat them, I'll be honest. Thanks, but... Kevin. I'd love <laughs> Let's preview them then. And we won't, well, we won't start with that game, but we will start our one sentence previews with Green Bay at San Francisco. Green Bay travelled to San Francisco, but is there anybody left to turn on the lights? New York Giants at Washington. Yeah. Detroit at Minnesota. One of these teams might still make the playoffs, but the Lions just don't seem to believe that they will. Carolina at Kansas City. 
Expect Pat, Riff, he touched me, Mahomes and his mate to overwhelm a hard-working but not quite good enough Panthers. Could you do that again? Pat, Riff, he touched me, Mahomes. <laughs> Houston at Jacksonville. Could be a fire sale at Houston. Jacksonville have got nothing left. Both teams are going for draft picks. Baltimore at Indianapolis. The Ravens should have too much for Indy, but why does my gut say this will be a home win? Seattle at Buffalo. Buffalo have been stumbling to wins in recent weeks. This will finally be the week where they fall to defeat. Denver at Atlanta. Drew Locke is unfortunately looking rather average and Denver is stuck in reverse. Is it time to move on from Elway? Chicago at Tennessee. This looked like a nailed-on Titans win three weeks ago. Less so now with Tennessee struggling on offense and defense. On offense? Okay. Um, Las Vegas at LA Chargers. Eventually, the Chargers are going to have to start winning games. Herbert is good enough, but Derek Carr is also good enough to come back if he needs to. Pittsburgh at Dallas. Welcome to the slaughterhouse, Dallas. Miami at Arizona. Kenyon Drake, Josh Rosenbowl looks a lot more exciting than it might have done. Two also rounds of the last few years could be knocking on the playoff door in their respective conferences. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. The GOAT goes to Tampa Bay for Breeze versus Brady 2. And finally, New England at New York Jets. The Jets off their best performance of the season so far versus the Pats off their worst. This could be the Jets' first win of the season. But it won't be. This could also be the worst game the NFL has ever seen. <laughs> is it flexible? Because no, like it flexed. not Monday night. No, oh, I'd like it. Chance? I'd like it flexed off the schedule. <laughs> is there had... any chance it could be a snow game? Because that's the only thing that will save it. I guess so. It's New York. It might be. But yeah, I mean, you don't have to watch Monday night football. I mean, it's... <laughs> won't watch. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I'll even bother with the 15-minute highlights on YouTube for that one. There's a couple of... I quite like this when you get into conference games. And there's a couple of 90 Super Bowls um, being played this week, which which I always like. Dallas-Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> there's been a few Super Bowls. And uh, also Denver-Atlanta. Um, they met in one as well. Has a Dallas team been further from Super Bowl contending than it is this year? <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not for a often. long time. The year before they drafted Troy Aikman, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, definitely going back a bit. Um, the <laughs> yeah, when you say when you say um, easy Titans win two weeks ago, <laughs> it always always hurts that sort of thing because yeah. The, I'm sure it's not just the Titans, but you always feel like games come along at the wrong time, or you play a, like you're constantly playing an opposition when they're in form rather than when they look terrible. And maybe maybe it's just no, it's not can't just be us. Um, but Seattle at Buffalo waters my mouth a little bit. It's yeah. a it's a it's a style clash, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I don't know. I can't work. I don't have a gut feeling on which way they're. That one's away, away win, obviously. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Yeah, Seattle are going to pump them. Yeah. I hope so, anyway. Oh, we obviously I, hope, hope so. I, I hope they absolutely pump them into the ground. <laughs> <laughs>
Ah, <laughs> oh, we don't. We yeah. We 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 do mean it, Mark. We do mean it. Any other business, Rich? Yeah, I've got a couple of quick ones. First one is, you know how women always complain about men being really hard to buy gifts for. Just generally, my mum always complains about my dad being hard to buy gifts for. Friends always seem there's always this narrative that men are hard to buy gifts for. My mum, before my birthday this year, gave me a quick call. I was like, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I don't know. She was like, how about some meat? And bought me some steaks. And they arrived two days before my birthday. I had a delicious rump steak on my birthday. This was about a month ago now. And yeah, if you are struggling to find a birthday gift for a man, not Craig, then go and buy them some meat. (laughs) (laughs) Craig can have some cauliflower, I guess. (laughs) That was uh, the way you said a man, not Craig. Like, <laughs> I know, like isolation. really annoy him. Um, the other thing is uh, they've apparently announced this evening that you can now, you will now be able to go and get takeaway pints from your local pub. Uh, you'll have to call them up and do it or um, or do it online. But that means that a lot of pubs that would have had a load of leftover stock that they couldn't sell out, that would have just been massive losses, can now sell off that stuff. So get down your local, buy some beers off them, um, support them because you want them to be there when all this is over. Yeah, hundred um, percent. My the local pub to my dad was doing that at the previous lockdown. And I was, was never quite sure whether they were supposed to be, um, but he was popping in every other day to fill up his container, drinking it at home. It, it, it helps you do, you do what you can for these businesses. The, who've the problem is been, with, with it being four weeks, basically anything that's in cask and open now will be dead by the time you get to the other end. Yeah, but it'll be worth if they if you've got if pubs can establish have a obviously it's not going to match what they would have, but if you've got enough of a regular trade of people to, coming to buy takeaway beer, you can you can get more in. You know, yep. it's, it's worth it. Yeah. You still still a skeleton the super, of a business. Supermarkets can sell your beer, but they'll be there whether you buy it from them or not. So get it from your local pub. At least a couple. Yeah, agreed. Assuming your local pub isn't one of those pubs that has a choice of Foster Stella, Carlsberg or Carling. <laughs> well, they deserve what they're going to get. If you're feeling <laughs> really flash, you can go for a Strongbow. Oh. Is that that pub next to Sainsbury's near you? Uh, I couldn't possibly comment, yes. <laughs> they, they they flirted with Doombar for a bit. They got all adventurous and uh, oh. yeah, it didn't take. No, Doom. Doombar's, oh, that's for, for another time. I rant about Doombar. Um, that's for the busiest part of the world, allegedly, yeah, except rock, it's not, of course. It pretends to be. sharp. It's yeah. rock, isn't it? I don't like it. It tastes like dishwater. It that's, was good a long time ago. It's brewed in Suffolk or somewhere. And, yeah, anyway. Russ, any other business? Uh, yeah, a um, couple of things. I could rant for hours about. Uh, the government's latest debacle, but I won't. I'm going to keep it slightly, uh, slightly slower paced. Um, Twiglets. <laughs> we had our we had our shopping delivered today. Um, tell Halloween's over. We're moving towards Christmas. The the missus on this week's shop uh, decided to buy two big Chris, you know, the Christmas container type affair of Twiglets. 
massive tubs. The only, yeah, you know, like the big sort of round tubey massive, things. Massive, massive tubs. Did you say? Yeah, massive tubs. Yeah, that that'll that'll. Oh, no, Jesus Christ! There's your there's your cold <laughs> open. Um, either way, it was it was nice to see. Don't see twiglets at any other time of the year, but from November through till about the third of January, I do enjoy a twiglet. I like a twiglet. Are they only available at this? No, time? you could get twiglets all year round. I'm quite certain, but it's almost never. Once, once you get into November, you can fuck off. Once you get into November, <laughs> it's acceptable to purchase them in vast quantities. Yum yum. <laughs> Yeah, in vast quantities. Of, um, yeah, <laughs> Pat. Any other business? Well, you might have noticed my background is slightly different tonight, and that's because the room I normally sit in I has didn't. got little uh, carpet bugs in it. So we're uh, cleaning that out rather desperately. So I am in a room. I'm just rotating my camera now. Just absolutely full of trash, which is fun. Um, the that other is thing, the box room, isn't it? It, it is. Looks, it is the tiny. Yeah. Little, I'm on a, on a little kind of futon thing hidden away, but it it, it does it does the job while we're cleaning. I also wanted to uh, plug a guy called Tom Grossi's work. So he's doing this series of uh, kind of comedy shorts called NFC East fans react to the previous week, and it started off with like a Miami Dolphins dad and his. Bill's son, his Pat's son, and his whatever the other team's son is, and it slowly built up this cast of characters whose fortunes depend on the fortunes of the games on the of the previous week. So he's obviously writing it on the Monday, Tuesday, and then filming it. It's really well done with the characters matching the characters of the team and their fortunes matching the fortunes of the team. So I'll give it a link when we send out the pod, and you can give it a watch if you're interested. I think I think it's really funny. Nice. Maybe I'll actually look at one of these things. Last week, Craig came up with um, he recommended Longshot, and I, something. It was the. It was. I'll be honest. It was the Curb Your Enthusiasm link that got my attention. Um, as I remembered the episode, I'll give that a watch, and we watched that, and that was excellent, fast, incredible stuff. And um, I thought, nine times out of ten, someone says something, recommends something in an AOB, and I'll forget about it instantly. Um, but maybe that's going to be my new thing. In fact, that's going to be my AOB, is that um, I'm going to just look at something someone recommends to me each week. How's that? We'll start with start with that, Pat. Oh, well, I hope I set the bar high, not low, then we'll see. I think it's pretty good. It could be a new regular feature of the show, never seen again. Um, new regular just... feature, Adam follows through. <laughs> 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 It's up there with things Doug likes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very short part, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it had a, you did a jingle for things Doug likes. Oh, there was a jingle, whatever. Let's say I didn't do a jingle. Doug did a jingle for things <laughs> Doug likes. Of course he did. <laughs> I love the fact that that's the only thing he followed through on. Just <laughs> the jingle. I can remember peeled grapes. <laughs> oh, they're... they're... The uh, the flat bit at the bottom of my steering wheel when he bought a Mercedes. <laughs> uh, I can appreciate my, my my car's got a flat bit at the bottom of the steering wheel. I get uh, I can go along with that. <laughs> right, Are we. Uh, I think we're just about done. Um, Have we had your any other business, Adam? That yeah. was it. When Adam follows through. Yeah, Adam. Adam. Adam follows through. 
into into Russ's big tubs. <laughs> Let's get out of here. This has gone on far too long already. Um, yeah, we'll. I, was, I nearly said find us on Twitter at Long Snap Pod, but we don't really ever tweet. So you know, there we go. We'll Not be that one Sunday. Yeah, I tried it. It didn't go well. You know, it went okay, but no one no one bothers to reply. So you know, here we are. I'll no doubt plug the this any, podcast any, on it. The only people that reply on Twitter are the ones that defend the indefensible, usually, or like to uh, virtue signal to make themselves seem like they're a real great person to to highlight someone else's flaws so, or shit house. To get social media interactions, we've got to be really, really offensive. Yeah, you've got to go down, you've got to go two ways. You've either got to make someone else look bad by saying, look at these guys being so bad. We'd never do that. In fact, we'd never do that so much. We're going to give loads of money to charity um, for starving kids and orphans. Or you just start calling people a cunt left, right and centre. So the main problem we have is that we call ourselves cunt and make, cunts to make ourselves look bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard. It's hard to um, gain traction when you're self-deprecating. <laughs> <laughs> right. Deprecating, not defecating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just defecating into your massive tubs. That's all. That's the only place I'm doing now. Right. That's definitely it. Um, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Cheers. be funny, but it wasn't any different to any other panel show, which I assume is why it never got made into anything more than that. But David Mitchell's fucking funny. Like, yeah, you know the yeah. bits in between recording? He was almost funnier then than he was for the actual bits of the show. I bet Would I Lie to You would be a yeah, I bet great so too. one to, to see. Also, I would bang the shit out of Victoria Cora Mitchell. That is absolutely no <laughs> Literally, I mean, she is probably the frumpiest woman on the planet, but it just there's something about her.